Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. Is God good? I want to know, is he good? Do you feel like he's really good or are you just saying he's good? Is, has he been good? Is he being good to you? My God, I am excited about being in the house. I want to thank our pastors for giving me the opportunity to come alongside and join this series and to deliver the word of God. And if you would just indulge me, we haven't even hit a year yet in this house and they've been doing the thing, right? They've been holding it down. Can y'all just get up and let's give our pastors a shout out, a thank you for not giving up and a not giving in. Oh, you can do better than that. Thank you. Thank you. Family, it's not easy to lead. It's not easy to stand in the midst of everything that's happening and to, to gird people up and to equip them. And it hasn't been a year and they've been holding it down in spite of even personal challenges and they have not stopped their persevering. And we thank you for that. To God be the glory for your example and leadership. If you don't mind, I'm just going to pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are. Oh, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for your consistency. I thank you for not giving up and not letting go. I thank you for being an anchor right in front of us. I thank you for your perseverance. God, I thank you for your presence even now. We avail ourselves and we make room for your word, for your instructions, for your strength, for your hope, Ooh, for, you, for your guidance. God, we make room for you to do what you do best so that we can do what you've sent us to do. Yeah. We say, have your divine the way in this place, God. Let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And I ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we are in a series called Finish Strong. I have so much that I can say about that because I'm an athlete, but I'm going to try to keep it contained because the athlete me may want to strike a pose or something. I don't know what may come out. Right? So just bear with, bear with me with the flow and how God wants to move. So last week, Pastor opened up and would Finish Strong, and he used a scripture, and he gave us a scenario um, from John 21. Y'all remember that where he talked about Peter going fishing? The disciples went with him. They were out in the water fishing and finding nothing. Have you been in a season where you're doing what you think you should be doing and finding nothing? Coming up a bit short, wondering why the season looks like it is when I know this is what I should be doing. I know this is what I'm called to, but I can't seem to come up with anything. I want any witnesses have you ever been in a season of sorts? So find yourself in this same scenario. When he talked about this here scriptures and story, he talked about how they went out unequipped with a net with no intention of bringing back what they thought they wanted. Have you ever went out to do something and didn't go equipped because you didn't really expect that to be what you was going to get anyway? So many of us believers find ourselves in a similar scenario as Peter and, and the boys out on the boat going to do something because they knew they wanted something but not being equipped to get what they wanted from, from their result. And they look over there and they say, and Jesus is over there. They can't determine who he is. And then he says, hey, y'all come up with anything? And so in that same way, I want to look at y'all because we represent Jesus. Hey, you came up with anything? Have you come up with anything yet? 
Have you manifested? Have you picked up? Have you yielded the fruit that God intended from your life yet? And this is what Jesus then said. He gives instructions. And he said, hey, drop it on this side of the boat because that's where you're going to find what you're looking for. And I wonder how many of us find ourselves in a space where Jesus is showing up and we don't really recognize him. And he gives us instructions. And now the end result is on us to do what he's instructed us to do. Take a minute and wonder, do we fall short in applying instruction? Because if we do it, when they did it, they got what they yielded. They got all the fish. They got more than enough. They got more than enough. So I went on to say they brought the sheep back, and Pastor went on to talk about three things. He said, we are great starters, and we're not so good finishers. Remember that? Then he gave us three points, finish with purpose, precision, and power. So we're going to build off that today. And my first question is when you think about that space, when you were hearing that word and when you contemplated that word all week and when you studied that word, because that's what we do when we leave church, right? Oh, okay. I just want to see. Are we studying the word when we leave? Okay, we are. I believe we are. So my question would be, finish what strong? Because hopefully you've had a week to think about that. What are you finishing strong? And sometimes it can be various things for all of us. So I'm saying, you may be saying, I'm finished what I started. I'm going to finish that exercise challenge, that commitment to eating healthier, whatever that thing is for you, that job, I'm going to finish that job. Anybody feel like I just got to finish this job? It ain't the one I want. I really don't want too many years, too many years, somebody off. Finish that job. I'm going to finish that book. I'm going to finish the year out strong. I'm going to finish the week. Some people at weeks. <laughs> I'm going to finish the hour. And you know what I thought about? What consumes all of those things? Is all those things is a part of life. We have to finish our life out strong. And sometimes we get so stuck in that one thing or that one assignment or that one failure, that one thing that's not producing. And I looked at life and said, well, what does that consist of? What is the spiritual space of our lives as believers? We're here because we're on assignment. So we're here to finish the assignment. And I'm providing context because no matter which one of those things or spaces you're in, we have to finish the assignment. Does that make sense? I want you to go with me. So what are some barriers to finishing? Because that's where we also get stuck, right? What are barriers to finishing? I heard people talk about the job. So the boss could be your barrier. I can't function here and finish what I'm supposed to do because you in my way. Anybody felt like that? Because I had one of those kind. I had one of those kind. And every day I said, Lord, I want to be able to function, but it's, it's her. It's the boss. And that framework and that mindset threw me off every day because I went in going, you my problem. And he said, no, you your problem. <laughs> right? And so it could be your boss. It could be your history. The things that been traveling with you all your life, you're like, I would, but everybody think this about me, or I've been through that, or I got to carry this. And that journey could be what your barrier may be. It may be knowledge, what you know about people, church, things, or what you don't know. I want you to find yourself in these barriers. It could be your family. Ooh, they weigh me down. Ooh, they need all my money. 
Oh, I got to do this, right? <laughs> that could be your excuse, right? Oh, that's the excuse. I did not mean it. I meant your barrier. They're not your excuse. They're your barrier, right? So it could be your money or the lack thereof, limitations. It could be that you feel like you ain't got no help to do the assignment. If somebody would just help me, then I could, right? It could be the fact that you still have doubt or that you're just tired. All those barriers, what do they have in common? Anybody? All those barriers, they're all made up of you. You're at the center of every one of those ex barriers. You're at the center of that. And I like that whenever I think about you or me or the concept of you, I have to go back to identity. Because when you don't understand you or you framed your context about you based on all of those experiences or lack thereof, then you get away from the center of the identity that Christ has for you. And then you start to function out of the identity of the barriers. And when we start functioning out of the identity of the barriers, we start to get away from the power that he's given us and the narrative. And then we fall short in a boat with no results. I want you to walk with me. Is that all right? Can we walk a little bit? And I can say that and I can give an example. I went through something that I thought I had a reasonable right to have barriers. I don't feel like it now because I went through this. They did this to me. They took this. I lost this. And because of that, I'm going to sit here and I ain't worried about fishing and what I'm going to go through the motions. I'm going to get in this boat because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I ain't going to take what I know I need because I'm expecting because I'm not expecting nothing. I just want to go through the motions because y'all looking. So I want to pretend like I'm still with it. Oh, y'all ain't never been there? How many of y'all there right now? Let me tell you. Oh, put the hands, put your hands in there. And guess what? We do this. So we go through the motions and we call ourselves, I got to stop saying that we call ourselves. We are believers and we are Christians. And I like to think of it like this. When we get through the barriers, we all can have labels on what we are on the outside. Right? I'm a finish strong book, podcast, family, server, business owner, entrepreneur. Because I'm a believer and I'm doing what God said. I'm here to do the assignment. But what tells on us of the emptiness? It's going to make a mess, Pastor, and I'm sorry. But I want to show you. Because some of us think when we get put in scenarios and situations and opportunities of adversity and challenge, that the enemy has come up against us. That the enemy is trying to take us down. The devil is on my heels and on my tracks. If you don't mind, I'd like to give you something to consider. Is that all right? A different narrative. Because we all carry the same label in here. We're believers and we're Christians. We're Christians. But what tells on us is the adversity. What tells or proves us is the challenges, because that's what comes to transform us. So it's not coming, everyone trials, the life turbulence that we experience. I want to change your narrative about it, because it's the narrative that pulls us away from our identity, where our strength is to perform what God's given us to perform. So imagine with me, what you, if you would, everybody has their own water bottle, we're holding it up, 
whatever label you've created, you call yours what yours is. But on the inside, we also have what in there? Water. The word. Water. And when life comes, it's not coming for the label. When challenges come, it ain't coming for the label. When God allows things to show up, he's not coming for your label. He's coming to show you what you can prove what's on the inside of you. So when the pressure of life comes, you're not going to get what's on the outside. The life comes to push what's out of you to the, from the inside out. And whatever comes out is now what's touching everything around you. So when a life hits you, what's touching everybody around you? What are they getting? What are they experiencing? I want you to think about it for a second because we're the example. And that's why you hear renew your mind, right? Because you're going to prove yourself what's good and perfect. Life comes to create situations to prove yourself, to push out what's on the inside, which is why we have to be more intentional about what's on the inside and not what we're professing on the outside. So I want to present something, and my subtitle for Finish Strong is Made for More. We're made for more than what we've allowed to be. We're made for more than what we've allowed ourselves to respond to. And life comes to show us this every day. Do you not know that the trials and tribulations have nothing to do with the trial itself? Y'all like, yes, it do, because I'm struggling. Y'all faces telling y'all. And I know I used to think like that, but I want to present something to change your narrative. My dad used to train us. We're all athletes, scholarship athletes. And the way he would train us, he would always say, I want you to rush harder. You're going to do double practices. I'm like, no, no, no. We've already practiced today. And he would make us leave our practice with our team, our school, our coach, and take us for another practice. And I'm like, Dad, but we're already winning. Like, why do we need to work this hard? Like, look at the competition. And he would tell us, and I've lived by this every day still. Listen to me. You're not training for where you are. You're training for where you're going. And so I want to I wanna share my dad's wisdom with you. Stop being fragile about what you're going through and looking at life and it's tearing you down. And like, why do I have to go through this? I was doing so good. Life was all right. I've been praying. I've been giving. I've been. It's not about where you are. It's about where you're going. It's about what he's putting you. It's about what he's requiring of you. It's about what he wants to produce from you. It's about when life hits you, what he wants to come forth for others to see. And we thought our life struggle was about us, right? It's about us for others to represent him. And if we ever get that perspective, I guarantee you when life throws its balls and its turbulence, we're going to look at it differently. We're like, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, you want to see what's going to come out. All right, I got this. And then we'll be more intentional 
about how we show up, in my case, the way I showed up for practice changed. Because now I'm saying, oh, it ain't got nothing to do with this meet. It ain't got nothing to do with the competitor that's going to be right here. He's trying to get me in college and what that's going to be like. He's upgrading you. Every challenge, every situation is calling you up. We look at it and think it's trying to pull us down. Oh, but this day forward, no matter what show up, you're going to look at that thing and say, oh, no, you didn't come to pull me down. God wants to know what's in me so I, that thing can call me up. You're being called up. And I'm providing this context because if we're going to finish strong, and we are, you need to know what we're made of so that you know that you already have what it takes to finish. Because the enemy only pro pro provokes us to get us to think we don't have what we need to do what we need to do. So we go into a panic. So he tries to allow us to be confused about what we have because we think we need to go get something to finish. We got what we need to finish. So I'm gonna give you this quick definition because I'm a definitions person. I'm a visual person, so you're going to have to work with this flow, right? So I looked up the word made in the dictionary. Was y'all already, who's already going there? Like, made, I'm made for more. Nobody that, no? Some, some of y'all may be quick. Okay, made in the dictionary. Think about what made means. There's so many forms. Start finding that in your head because I want you to resonate with it and find your space. Because one thing about me, when I come to teach, I come for your mind and your heart. I don't come to entertain. That's not what I do. And that's the culture of this house. Pastor, accept the tone that we come to teach because we're here to equip you. We're building an army that's going to be able to function and lead in this world. That's what you're a part of. You're being equipped. So we don't come here to sit and just say, oh, that was great. It felt great. No, we came to say, oh, I got to get that. I'm going to go work that. I'm going to go apply that. I'm going to get changed by that because I'm going to grow by that because I'm being called up by that. That's what this is about. So made means produced by the making thereof. So when you, be, when you were being made by him, he was producing something for a time that's coming. But he put it in you early. Oh, I want you to walk with me. Can you walk with me? Made also means prepared. Anybody ever made a dish for a party? A lot of that should be happening right now. We're having parties, holiday parties, and who's bringing a dish? Everybody has their special dish, and you make it ahead of time. So you say, I made this. I prepared this for you, and it has my special ingredients. Do you wait till you get to the party and have the ingredients on the table and say, this is what I wanted to put in it? This is what this is made of. This takes all this stuff. Isn't it nice? Y'all going to be like, what are we supposed to do with that? It's not made. Some of us function in life, and all we do is talk about the ingredients. I know it's tough, but I want to change your perspective about life so that you can finish strong. I want you to know we're not just carrying ingredients. We've been made already. 
It's already in there. You have what you need. It's been prepared. And the last definition of that made is assured. My favorite. When you've been made, the definition that said you've been assured for success or fortune. You've been a made man and a made woman. There is no question about your ability to succeed. There is no question about your future or your fortune because he's already assured it when he made you. And this is just dictionary.com. This is Webster's. This is Webster. So we're going to get into the Hebrew because I want you to understand what you need you have. So the enemy can no longer attack your lack. He can no longer attack what you think you don't have. Because when you get the right mindset, he can't come at you like that. My kids used to play games, and I have relatives in here that know that they hide around corners and they try to scare you. Can't stand it. You walk in the house, you be like, like, stop it. All of y'all, stop it. But because they conditioned me, you know what I'm saying, sis. They conditioned me. I walk in the house like, stop. Wherever you are, I'm not scared. I'm not, you know. And I hated it, but it conditioned me to start looking every time I walked in like, oh, I know y'all do y'all up to something that's quiet. What has life conditioned you? Hmm? Has it conditioned you to respond in fear? Has it conditioned you to be afraid, to be hesitant, to be doubtful? Has it conditioned you to not move, to repeat the same cycles? And you walk in going, oh, I already know I can't do it. I already know they're going to say this. I know they think. What has your journey conditioned you for? It's just a question. I want to share this. The truth is, everything that we were made of is how to think. We all know the scripture said, let this mind that is in Christ Jesus also beware made already made i'm gonna read this scripture in genesis so we can come to the same space because i know you know it because i want you to understand and really get in you that what we're finishing is accompanied by the work that jesus wants to finish in you they're not separate so we take on the opportunity to try to finish and do things without going through the process of becoming it's a double-edged sword. He's working in us to finish what he started while we're producing what's on the inside to come out to finish what he assigned. Are you doing one or the other? Or are you aligned with both? Are they both maturing in you? Genesis 1:26, very familiar passage. I don't know if it's up. We all know this very well. Verse 26 says, then God said, let us make human beings, all of us, in our image to be like us. That's our identity. That's who you are. So every time you're functioning, you're functioning in the identity that I've been made in his image. I have his characteristics, his abilities, his strengths, his ways, his mind. And so whatever comes against me, it has to come up against everything that I was made with because it's in there. It says, and then they will reign. So that's the assignment. So we're talking about you 
and we're talking about the assignment. We're talking about identity. And it says, they will reign over the fish and the seas, the birds and the sky, the livestock. This is our responsibility. This is what we're equipped for. This is why he made us in his image. And all the wild animals on earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. This scripture goes on and jumped to 28. It says, and then God blessed them. Who was them? You, me, us, female and male. He blessed them to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth and to govern. You've already been made and equipped to govern here on earth. That's a part of our responsibility a part of our assignment, a part of what we've been made for already. And I think it, it becomes hard because when he said made in his image, we're, not, we're made in his image as humans to carry his moral and intellectual and spiritual consciousness. That's already in you. That's what the enemy is fighting because that should be natural for you. And we go through our social constructs that try to reshape that. It's like little pills. What's that stuff you used to put in the water that was popular at some point? The little sweeteners that colored your water, made it taste like Kool-Aid, Propel, and all those little drinks. Crystal Light. How many of y'all putting some of that, those little additives and shaking it up in here to, to create something else to dilute what was already present? I'm not going to stay there. I'm not, yeah, it, just, it just felt like, don't stay there. So I want to talk about the Hebrew word made. We talked about the dictionary word made. And the reason I'm spending a little time here, because if you don't have the context of who you are, you can't function in who you are. And think about this. Let me give you a precept, right? We're part of God's royal family. Anybody know that? We're part of his priesthood, right? So when you think about the royal family that we see in England and how their kids function and how the family handles themselves, do you see the princes, do they come out like, I'm not a part of this family, or they come out like they know who they're a part of this. They already know they have benefits. They know how to carry themselves. They have access. They have wealth behind them. They got the name behind them. They got the power behind them. And they carry themselves in that way. What's different about the royal family of God? Do we have power behind us? Do we have a name behind us? Do we have authority behind us? Do we carry ourselves like that royal family? Oh, y'all so sad. Y'all said no. <laughs> I wish we could have recorded. Y'all said mm-mm. Why? Because we haven't focused on what you're made of to know that you're already included. You're already a part of the family. So those things are automatic benefits. Y'all like, for real? For real. So the Hebrew word made right in this context, although theologians argue over made being a saw and created being a bara, and there's a theory gap right through that space, and they go back and forth over all that, I just want to focus on the fact that made encompasses this. You ready for the definition of a saw? Because I want you to know that you've been a You've been approved and assured already. That word means this. Find yourself in this definition. It means already made, able to do. You ain't got to try to figure. You already made, able to do. 
It means able to work, able to produce, already equipped to attend. Attend what? Whatever show up in life. I'm already ready to attend. I'm already in the fight because I've already been made. And then it goes on and says, able to put things in order. You already have the ability to command things to order and submit to what God has um, producing in your life. We don't have to find that. We have to align with that. Already equipped to appoint. That's authority. Already equipped to institute laws. That means you're able to govern. This is one of my favorite ones. Already equipped to acquire property. That means take territory. Take dominion. You're already equipped and powered to do that. The problem is the enemy tries to convince us that we don't have what we have. So we function in what he says. And then we produce the fruit of that. So if we want to reduce the fruit, we got to change the way we're thinking about this thing. So I want to invite you into that space. Having his image means having his characteristics. It means understanding how he intended for us to function. It means that you've already come with capability and capacity. So that's what the enemy is attacking. Your ability to know that you're already capable. You already have the capacity. If we were to be honest, most of our tears and time and prayer and struggle is God help me to do it, God. Show me how to do it. That's just me. That's just me. Oh, I'm just saying, because I've been through there. I cried. God, just show up. God, give me what I need. God, give me the instructions. Send the resource. God, do, and we have these prayers. And he's going, you've already been made. You already got that. Y'all believe that? Let me hear you clap it up if you believe it, if you believe it, if you believe it, if you believe it. Y'all scare me a little bit. Y'all scare me. I don't know if you believe it. When God blessed them, it's an automatic invoking of his favor. You're already favored. We don't have to wake up and say, God, I just wanted to be favored like them. Why are they so favored? And we start comparing because we think they have something you don't have. And the enemy says, gotcha. Now I'm going to start making you function out of that. And now you're going to be functioning like you got lack, like you don't have enough, like God ain't with you. And everything in your life starts to produce that fruit. And you wonder how you get there. I'm helping us see right now. That's how. Because I went through something where I struggled and as much word as I knew, and in that season, I coined something called Mindversations. And that's my plug. I have a book coming out called Mindversations. Pastor Talent pushed that out. Um, but in, in that book, I'm talking about and illuminating and revealing the war and the conversations that we're having in our minds around the lack of confidence around identity. Because it's so funny, and I can say this because I'm talking about myself, that we know the word, it can be so strong, and we, I'm a woman of God, I'm a prophet, and I'm all those things. But when life turbulence hits, the water comes out. And when the water come out, you realize you're a little broken. You realize that you've been calling everything faith, and saints, let me help us today. 
just because we said we have faith don't mean we ignore the struggle. Y'all ever seen Christians like, no, I'm just trusting God, and they just die, just going down. Oh, that felt like, how low can you go? I felt like I wasn't going to get up. But when life hits you, it's going to show you what's on the inside. And we can't keep dying and saying, God got it. Can I equip you with something? We're his partner. He got it with your help. You got to align with what he got. You are partner in the whole manifestation of the plan. You have to come into agreement with it. Which is why we talk about when you profess something that there's power in your tongue. We're not just saying that to be deep. You're aligning with what you're confessing. And so when you go through life struggle, I want to tell you this, just an inside joke, and I'm just giving this free because I went through it. Don't go through life struggling, professing faith, but not able to produce what faith should produce. Struggling does not mean become stagnant and stop and sit down in that thing and call it faith. That's not the fruit of what God has given us, y'all. Family, if I can tell you, when we go through struggles and we're calling it faith, faith should produce something that looks like the fruit of that spirit, him. So if you're not producing that fruit in the situation, are you sowing faith? Y'all can't look at me like that. I feel nervous. I don't know if I should duck, run, hide. I'm not sure. Because you know you only can get the production of something that is housed. The seed can only produce what the seed has. So if the fruit that you want is not coming, then you didn't have the right seed. Okay, here's another example because that felt too, too deep, right? If I plant orange seeds, believers, if I plant orange seeds, I'm going to water these seeds. And I'm going to believe God, I'm going to have faith for apples. <laughs> it sounds crazy, right? Sound crazy, right? That's crazy. But how many of us plant one seed of what's on the inside, and then we pray for something different? You're only going to get what you want. So we have to be mindful and intentional of planting, watering, and working what we want to come out on the other side. So instead of struggling and calling it faith and stopping and sitting down in that, we should be going through it because struggle can be real. Hands, struggle can be real. But when you struggle and want to say, God, I'm letting you work it out, then instead of stopping and sitting in it, you got to surrender and then stand up in it. Not easy, but that's what we're aiming for. I was guilty of letting grief and life and the pain of life make me sit down in it and get stagnant. And if I could prevent anybody else from doing that, 
And I can teach you the word way because when life hit me, as much word as I knew, what came out of me wasn't strong enough to handle what I was going through. And it made me sit down. It made me stop. And pastor said last week, there's something you're supposed to be doing. When you stop doing what you're supposed to be doing, you have become stagnant and faith isn't producing. And then we get unfulfilled and then the enemy plays in the water and in the sand with us. And he's not our friend. So you got to go and get out my sandbox. I don't want to be your friend. So you surrender and you let the word that's working in you stand up in that thing. And we should be equipped then to still function in the word of that. I want to help us today. There's so many people watching the believers. And we have an opportunity to give them what we were made for. And we have to remember that. Here's another scripture I want to share with you. Ephesians 2 and 10. It says, now God has us where he wants us. Anybody felt like you were out of place? This is the wrong season. I ain't supposed to be here. I ain't supposed to be going through that. This ain't for me. No, he got you where he wants you. With all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus, saving is all his idea. There's nothing that you have to do for salvation to be saved. You don't lose it. You don't earn it. It's his idea. It's, he's going to do all the work. It's what he wants for you. So you have to receive that. Here's a beautiful sentence that follows that. All we have to do, all we do is trust in him and let him do what he put in you. Let him do what the ingredients were meant to do. Let him work that thing in you and out of you. It goes on to say, why? That's God's gift. From what? Start to finish. We finish him with him. It's already in us to finish. This is the scripture. It goes on and says, we don't play the major role. Let's pause. How many of you think the responsibility falls on you to make things happen? Y'all ain't never felt that? Y'all, y'all, y'all never felt that? I felt that. I carry the weight of so many people. My family, my friend, my I just carry it. And I feel like I played a major role in it. And I had to learn when life hit me, that wasn't my job. I ain't carrying that. I'm not carrying that. So I want to tell half of y'all, stop carrying that. It's not your major role. We're the, um, the sub-actress, right? What's the role called when you're not the main character? You're the you're supporting actresses and actors. And some of us want to be the lead. We're not the lead. He's the lead, which means we have to follow his lead. We have to be okay putting the responsibility and the weight of things on him. And then we align and support what he wants done. That's how we fulfill these things. It goes on to say, God does both the making and the saving. Did you feel that relief, that pressure fall off? He does the making and the saving. I want to show you this. I want to move through this. I talked about the power of the seed. Everything that is supposed to come from the fruit is already in the seed. There's nothing additional that needs to be put in the seed to get, whether it's fruit, 
whether it's a tree, whatever you put in there, it already has everything to produce. And I want to show you an example. Can I get a few volunteers? Who's that? I'm very dramatic, you guys. Come on, just run up here. Come on stage real quick, real quick, real quick. Come on, come on, move it quicker. Yeah, come on up, come around the side real quick. I want to show you something. The reason I want to give you this demonstration is because I want you to walk away with a concept. Where did Fred, did Fred leave? Because he was pretty tall. Yeah, he's gone. I want to give you an image. Because if we don't understand this power, we'll, we'll miss what's happening in life, right? So if the seed has everything it needs, the enemy knows the process and the power of seed, the power of word. He knows how it functions. So we're looking at the seed or the word and what we're going through, and we're going, this is all he gave me. This is all I got. I'm just going to work this. And I hope he shows up. This is just the seed that I have. And in the reverse order of my early demonstration, the enemy is coming at you. Is he coming at you based on where you are? How are you coming? All right. Stand right here, Fred. You're going to be my enemy. I want y'all to get behind me. Back me up. Back me up. Back me up. I want you to see how life works. Because some of us give in to the pressure and feel like this life is crushing us. And you have to remember when life is coming up against you, the enemy, he's not looking at your seed. He's looking at this forest behind you going, oh, I got to take him down. All this is behind her, all this power. And I feel the weight of the enemy attacking me. And I know I got the weight of everything attached to me. As Ja'Kalen Carr said, everything attached to me. Y'all like how I threw that in there? <laughs> so the enemy appears like he's coming at you so strong and you feel like you're losing. But he don't just see the seed. He sees what the seed produces. He sees the tree, and then he sees the other tree, and then he sees the forest. So the attack is not for us. And when I move, y'all move, because everything attached to me, I like it. I would say, you move, I move, but then that'd be John Legend, and I don't want to say that one. <laughs> so when we're going through life, and the enemy approaches us, and it feels like he's trying to persuade us in my mind, conversation, my conversation, you can't do it. It's too heavy. Life is too hard. You can't make it through this. He's coming on strong. Put your hands out, pressure. He's pushing up against me as strong as he can because of what's attached to me. But if you remember that the seed produces no matter what, there's no other work that you have to do but keep the seed in the ground and keep watering it. And if I was smart enough to know that what my seed was going to build, put your hands back up for us. Push. You can't stop us because the enemy has no authority when you walk in that. I want to demonstrate that. Th well, they won. We all won. We all won. So the fight is they can't win. You can't win if you fall for the okie doke. You fall for the okie doke. And in reverse, when we give into the enemy, who's impacted? Everything attached to you. Are you looking at things around you and wondering why they're struggling? Why they don't have no, no faith, no power? Why they feel depressed, anxiety increasing? Because somebody gave in for the okie doke. 
And remember, struggle is real, but we're not sitting down in it. We're standing up in it. We're surrendering in it. We're producing through it. Does that make sense? Thank you. I'll give my, my people a hand. So finishing is putting your confidence in the seed. Putting your confidence in what is already built to work, what's already built to produce, what's already built to have substance. Does that make sense? The question is, this is real legit. The seed can have everything it needs, and it does. But if it's not in the right environment, will it produce? I can have four seeds right now. I can put one on a shelf by the window inside, looking at the sun shining in. It's so pretty right there. You see my seed? <laughs> I'm so powerful and anointed. You see it? And you can invite people over every day and say, this seed is built for this. It's, going, it's equipped to bring this out and do this. And you can talk about everything it's intended to do. They can come back every month. Is it going to have any fruit? Does that sound familiar? I'm not saying y'all, but like people y'all talk to. Not y'all, because I know that's not our case. I can drop seed everywhere and talk about, whoo, when this seed rise up, whoo, we're going to have a harvest. If it is not in the right environment, if it does not die first in the ground, it cannot produce what's on the inside. I say that to say this. Life is not crushing you. There's an opportunity for you to die, to go in the ground because he's trying to produce out of you. The crushing isn't for defeat. The crushing is for producing. It's for the fruit. I want to ask you to check your environment. See if you're planting the word where it can give you the fruit of that. So I reverse engineered this word. I didn't give you my four points at the beginning. I gave you my summary and I'm gonna close my four points that I want you to remember. So what are we made for? What and how is what we made for supposed to be evident? How does it show up? The what and the how of made. Very simple, I did it as an acronym. If I was you, I would take a picture of the screen because we go home and we apply and we study the word. So made in summary is this. We mirror God. We mirror how he responds. We mirror how he cultivates. We mirror his mindset. We mirror his actions. We mirror um, his integrity. And that's how we were made. We were made to activate his word and his plan. We were made to have actions. We were made to do something. That's what we're finishing. We're finishing what we were made to do. After we activate his word and plan, we were made to have dominion and demonstration. So you were made to have dominion and demonstration. And you were made to have evidence of his power and presence. You don't have to go work that up. You don't have to go find that. You don't have to ever have to feel like you're lacking that. It's already in the seed inside of you. You were made to mirror him, made to activate his word and plan. You were made to have dominion and demonstration. You were made to have evidence of his power and his presence. It's always with you. You have to plan it and water that thing. 
and you say, okay, we were made for that, then what's the why? Why did he make us in his image? Why did he make us to have dominion? Why did he make us to have power? What's the why? For more. For more of what? More of him here. More means this. More manifestation of God's outpouring of his love. And the worship team said, and his reign on earth. We are a part of a bigger plan. So don't ever get duped out at looking at just your circumstances and feeling overwhelmed. Change your lens and say, you know what? This is part of a bigger plan. I'm a part of his more. I'm a part of his manifestation of his reign and power on earth. He's counting on me. I'm a part of his family and his team. So if we're going to finish, you have to take the context of I've been made to finish. I already have what I need to finish. And you got to kick the enemy, kick the enemy out of your camp and regain your power and your authority. I'm going to skip to um, this scripture as I prepare to close. I'm going to read Matthew 6, 31 in the message version. Because we're used to reading in what it says, um, first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. That's the same scripture, so I want to give you context. I'm going to read it in the message. It says, lean in because I want you to hear. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you? Do his best for you? What I'm trying to get you to hear and get you to relax, I'm, try, I'm here to try to get you to relax, not to be so preoccupied with getting. Have you ever got so preoccupied with, I got to do this, I got to get this, I got to have this, I got to, I got to, I got to. And it wears you out. It makes you tired. And the scriptures encourage us, don't be so preoccupied with getting so that you can actually respond to what God's given. He's trying to give you something. He's trying to grow something out of you to give. And we, we stunt that growth by focus on getting. But we should be focused on responding to what he's giving us. People who don't know God and the way he works, they fuss over that stuff. They're consumed by it. But you, you know God and you know how he works. So I'm encourage you to steep your life in God's reality. Take on his narrative, his way of thinking, his mind and steep yourself in God's initiative, his plan, what he has for you. The manifestation of his work on earth that you're a part of. Steep yourself in that initiative. Then it says steep yourself in God's provision. Because provision is automatic when the seed's planted. You, it's automatic. It's in there. It says, don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Because you're the supporting actor. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when those things come. I'm going to admonish you like Paul admonished the saints and the elders. 
in the church of Philippi. In, first Philipp in Philippians 1 and 6, he said, I am certain that the God who began this good work in you, let me tell you, you didn't start your own work. You didn't come up with the concept or the idea. You didn't decide I want to do this and I'm just going to do this. He started this work for his manifestation of the work he wants to see on earth. So be confident in the fact that what he put in you, he's going to work it until it is finally what? Finished. <laughs> he already has a plan to finish what's in you. My closing scripture, and I'm going to show you an example, is the scripture pastor closed out with last week. You're not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus came back and he told the disciples when they were locked up in the house full of fear of the Jews. And they were trying to figure out what their plan was going to be because they were functioning in fear. Jesus shows up after his resurrection and says, look at my wounds. Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. As the Father has sent me, I've come to send you. You are sent on assignment to function in the same way. It says, but when the Father sends the advocate as the representative, the Holy Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. When you hear that nudging, when you feel that pushing, when you feel that stirring from the seed, trying to break through from the ground, you like life feels, know that the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you and remind you of what's in you, of what you've been sent to do. And sometimes when the Holy Spirit starts coaching you and rooting you on and pushing you, it challenges you. It doesn't feel good. Because you feel like he's stretching you and he's pulling and he's pushing. He's like, I can't. He's like, you can't. You are not by yourself. You have what you need to finish. See, life feels like it's hard and you feel like you're carrying it, but the Holy Spirit is rooting you on and pulling you forward. And everybody attached to you is watching. And they're being inspired by you. And God has anointed and equipped you to be a leader. But he didn't leave you by yourself. He gave you the Holy Spirit, your paracletes, to walk alongside of you and pull something out of you. You got this, family. You got this. So don't let life squeeze out of you. Let God produce from you. Let the Holy Spirit push and nudge you and pull you to higher heights. His attitude didn't think he could, but the Holy Spirit showed him what was on the inside. Does that feel like what anything anybody's going through? Oh my God, lift both hands and let's give God a praise for instruction. Let's give God a praise for second chances. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.